Is it ever okay to use violence to right historical wrongs? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits. today's podcast, I want to revisit yet another Marvel movie, as for those of you who have been following me for some time now, you know that I have looked at a number of Marvel films over the past few weeks and months, and reviewing them from the perspective of whether or not they're accurate from a national security and or intelligence background, meaning that if there are acts of terrorism that are portrayed in the movies, do they actually make sense? Now, Black Panther, of course, came out in 2018. It's a remarkable film for many reasons. One, it is the first Marvel film that featured almost exclusively black actors. And it portrays a fictitious nation called Wakanda, which is blessed with having a material called vibranium, which is the toughest metal on Earth. It came to that part of Africa in the form of a meteorite. And this people, the Wakandans, have built this amazingly advanced technological culture using this metal. Uh, you know, they've kept themselves secret from, from the rest of the world. And it is truly outstanding that what they've done in, in science, in terms of medical procedures, etc., etc. But they have chosen to remain hidden from the rest of the world. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us. But their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Vibranium. There's a few aspects of this film that I want to comment on. Uh, I I have to admit, uh, when I watched it, my first thoughts went to Lion King, the, the Disney film Lion King, which again features sort of African music, African dancing, African imagery. So from that perspective, it is a visually spectacular film. When it comes to terrorism and national security, though, I think in some ways the film's producers blew it. Let me explain why. So the premise of the film is that there is a a young king called T'Challa, and he basically takes over from his father T'Chaka, who's been killed in a terrorist attack. Now this goes back to Captain America's Civil War, where there's a scene in Vienna whereby a bunch of world leaders are going to sign what's called the Sokovia Accords. And this came out of the disaster of another Avengers film in which they destroyed a whole bunch of stuff. And the world said that we have to put basically restraints on what you guys can and cannot do. And while this accord was being signed, an explosion goes off outside and it kills King T'Chaka, which then leads to King T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, who tragically died very, very young, to take over. So that was an actual terrorist attack. That was a serious act of violence, which was carried out for some kind of political reason. Interestingly, uh, when T'Chaka is still alive and he's a younger king, he goes and he finds that his prince Njobu, which is his brother, is in the United States. And he has decided he wants to use Wakandan technology to help black oppressed people, people that have been made slaves or are not doing well socioeconomically, and he thinks that Wakanda should openly share its technology to better their fate in life. King T'Chaka doesn't want this, and in an ensuing struggle, he actually kills his brother. 
More on this in a bit. The other figure that I think is interesting in this movie is the one played by Andy Sarkis. Yes, he's the guy who played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. And he plays a guy called Ulysses Clout. Now, Ulysses Clout is not a terrorist. He's simply a criminal. He is a gunrunner. He deals in weapons. He manages to steal some vibranium from a museum in London. And he does so merely for profit. There's no ideological background to Ulysses Clout. So you cannot call him a terrorist. He's just a two-bit criminal that wants to make money off stealing things. Now it gets interesting in that when T'Chaka kills Prince Njobu, he leaves behind a son named Eric. And this son grows up to become a soldier. He adopts the name Killmonger. He goes around the world fighting for the Americans in a variety of war fronts, killing dozens of people. And he essentially gives himself a tattoo for every kill he has. So his body is kind of covered with these markings, kind of scars. Anyhow, he returns to Wakanda and he challenges T'Challa for the throne. And he defeats him. And he then becomes king. And he drinks from, you know, the potion from the heart-shaped flower. And he assumes the powers of the Black Panther. Now, what he wants to do is follow in his father's footsteps. Of course, his father being Prince Njobu. He wants to use Wakanda technology, not just to better the fate of black people around the world, but to arm them so they can basically get revenge. And he starts to ship all these weapons and technology uh, from the kingdom. Long story short, uh, T'Challa comes back, they fight, blah, 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 blah. But the, the thing I want I want to point out here is this is the disappointing part of the film from my perspective. We have this film that celebrates black knowledge, it celebrates black technology, it celebrates black accomplishments, it celebrates black culture. And at the end of the day, the guy who assumes the mantle of Black Panther becomes a terrorist. In other words, he becomes very much like the Black Panthers, the real Black Panthers in the real world, not the Marvel Disney world, which were formed in the late 1960s or 1970s in Oakland, California, as a group of black activists who were organizing to push back against alleged police brutality by Oakland police. Now, the Black Panthers, the real Black Panthers, a bit of a controversial group. Some would see them as those that stood up for black rights. Others see them as violent extremists. There's probably a bit of truth to both. But it strikes me that the character, Eric, i.e. Killmonger, has decided to go down the route of violence to restore, or rather to gain revenge for historical grievances. Slavery, black oppression, poor black socioeconomic status, poor housing, etc., etc. So we have this great film about black achievements, and one of the main characters decides to resort to violent extremism to right wrongs. I really think the producers blew it on this on this front. Now, yeah, in the end, spoiler alert, Killmonger dies and he has this, you know, come to Jesus moment where he decides that his, his, his way is wrong and he regrets it. But it's a big part of the film. And I think it detracts from the message that this film is trying to get. First film with major black actors, black motifs, etc., etc. And one of the main actors becomes a terrorist. That's really, really unfortunate. Not a great plan. The last thing I want to comment on is that there is a CIA officer played by Martin Freeman called Everett Ross. He's kind of involved in trying to get a hold of Vibranium. We're not quite sure why. He ends up getting wounded. He ends up being treated uh, in Wakanda because the Wakandans are the only ones with the technology to save his life. 
and he decides to essentially help the Wakandans. Yeah, that's a bit bit of a stretch. First of all, Martin Freeman does not play a great CIA officer in, in my estimation. Apparently he's a former Air Force pilot, and now he can fly Wakandan, you know, super-duper, supersonic web airplanes. Yeah, go figure. But I just don't think it's, it's, you know, it's just you won't have a CIA officer essentially abandon his duty to go join a state and help them fight their own battles. I could be wrong. I didn't work for the CIA. The CIA has done some, shall we say, interesting things in its past. So I don't want to go too far down that road. But I didn't find that the role that Martin Freeman played was very, very convincing. All in all, a great film. It's just too bad that the producers decided to introduce a violent extremism motif into the film in the form of Killmonger. They could have done better. I don't have a Black Panther jersey, but I do have, it's black. Uh, it's one of the Ottawa Senators jerseys from a few years ago that I picked up. So I'm in, I'm in honor of the Black Panther films. I wore my black jersey. Of course, it's time to leave you with the Hardy Boys Guide to Wisdom. This comes from The Hunting for Hidden Gold. If you see a suspicious man hanging around your helicopter, check things out before you go in. He could have set a booby trap. Uh, if you have a helicopter, you're doing pretty good because, I don't know, last time I checked, uh, Boy Sluice didn't have access to helicopter. I don't have a helicopter in my driveway, and I worked in security intelligence for 32 years. I couldn't afford a helicopter. Apparently, the Hardy Boys could. So if you do own a helicopter and you're involved in national security and you see suspicious characters wandering around, check before you get inside. There could be a booby trap. Thanks, Frank and Joe Hardy. That's my view on Black Panther. What do you think? Did you like the film? What did you think about the violent aspect of it? Was Killmonger, in fact, a terrorist at the end? Love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at BorealisSaves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you like this content, please go to the website, BorealisThreatenedRisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get access to all the blogs and podcasts free of charge, as well as advanced notice of things like the Marvel reviews and my top 10 worst terrorists. I also invite you to join us on Mondays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, where we're live streaming on terrorism and national security on YouTube. You can find the just, just Google Phil Gursky YouTube. You'll find me there. And also want to invite you to buy my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. It's available only through the website, borealisthreatrisk.com. You'll see a button there. It's $25 Canadian plus shipping and handling, $5 in Canada, $15 elsewhere. It's the first book that I know of that's, that tells the story of terrorism in Canada from the beginnings of our country as an independent nation through the eyes and ears of the women and men who worked in counterterrorism. It's not an academic book. It's a people who worked at the coal phase and counterterrorism book. Love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe. For those who are just joining us, I'm Phil Gursky, president of Borealis, former Canadian security intelligence officer. If it's your first time, welcome. I'd uh, love to see you guys subscribe and like it on YouTube. It'd be great. Take care and, and thanks again for showing up.